The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you've joined us here on the Spirit of Recovery. As usual, we're going to have a great program for you today. We're going to be focusing on the topic of prayer. And uh, so we'll we'll see uh, some more about that a little bit later here. But I want to thank you again for listening. Thank you for participating. Feel free to send us an email or call in if you have a question or comment during the show. Thank you for liking us on Facebook. You can find us at Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. And thank you for sharing our posts. That's great. We appreciate that very much. And I appreciate you letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community and your other spiritual communities know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. It's great to broadcast on the topic of recovery on here on Unity Online Radio. I really enjoy it. And... Um, It's uh, great to know that what we're doing here is making a difference in your life, in your recovery, and that it is touching your heart. I think you know that you can listen to us here uh, in a variety of ways. You can listen live through your computer, through your smartphone. You can also uh, listen on demand. Our programs are archived at www.unityonlineradio.org, and you can backslash program, backslash spirit of recovery, and you can find Um, our archives. We've got lots of great programs there that you can listen to on demand. We always have guests here that are practical, that are down to earth, people that are either in recovery themselves or have worked with uh, recovering people in some fashion and or um, are very involved in teaching and living a spiritual life. And so they have lots of rich insights to share. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place and that um, I understand very much so that recovery is uh, a great big concept. And so uh, everybody's welcome here. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're a family member that's in recovery as a family member or or if you're the family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, whether or not you or they are in recovery, you're just curious, you're looking for information, or if you're just interested in the process of recovery, I welcome you here on Spirit of Recovery and welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. 
I'm a unity minister, I'm an addictions counselor, and I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and those relationships got me started on a spiritual path, an active path of personal growth and uh, engagement with spiritual principles and, uh, principle and spiritual practices many years ago. And my walk is an integration of the unity principles and the recovery principles. That transforms my life, so I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to share with you ideas in that area and to share wonderful guests with you and also to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and your recovery walk. Today our topic is Enlarging Our Spiritual Understanding, Prayer and the Creative Process. We're going to be talking today about the idea of what, you know, what really is the place of prayer. We know that uh, the 11th step and the 12th steps talks about um, uh, seeking greater contact with the higher power of our understanding through prayer and meditation. We know that uh, certainly in unity principles, prayer is the foundational concept in those principles and really in any spiritual practice, um, prayer in whatever form that wisdom path uh, defines is always an important uh, part of the spiritual practice. But we know we've got busy lives and sometimes it seems like prayer is just one more thing to do or it's just getting in our way of getting stuff done. So we're going to talk about that today. What's the uh, purpose of prayer and how is it part or not, or probably is though, of the creative process of our lives. My guest is Terry Lund. Terry is a unity minister and she's the former chair of the prayer department in Unity's ministerial school. Um, she was raised in a New Thought household, and so she has lived the power of prayer and the metaphysical understanding of the creative process, which she's going to be talking with us about today as well. She's lived that all of her life. Terry um, is also um, a horse trainer, and she rides horses. She's loved horses all her life, and she's also uh, been an equine therapist and worked with people um, uh, in that regard, which is a really powerful tool. And Terry also, um, before she became a minister, was also a drug and alcohol counselor. So, Terry, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Oh, thank you, Anna, and it's such an honor for me to join you this this afternoon. What a what a joy! Thank you. Thanks for being here. So, um, is prayer just an extra frill? Uh, not, not in my life process and not in my experience. It's not an extra frill. It is an essential. And I can remember when my children were smaller and they were all, all four of them at home and, uh, I, uh, I, I was a very busy, and my life was very full, and I would take the daily word with me to work and go into the ladies' room and close the stall door and read the daily word and have my daily prayer there because it was the only quiet place I could be. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how did how did that make a difference for you when your life was so busy and I'm sure so many demands? What what difference did it make that you took well, that time it, out? Well, it centered me. It helped me center myself, I should say. And I, my boss one time told me I was the only, the most organized person she ever knew. Now, people that know me now <laughs> would have a hard time believing that. But it was because my prayer life was so centered that I could I could go from one thing to the next without taking the the previous thing with me. I would just section it off and. You know, now this is home time, this is work time, this is other time. And I really know that, that the prayer was what helped me do that. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I know you were raised in a New Thought household. Would you share that with us? Because in a lot of cases, that's rare. Um, I know. So tell um, us about that and what that means. Some people may not know what New Thought is, actually. So. Well, new, new Thought for me at that time was Christian science and religious science. My grandmother on one side was a Christian science reader in the church, and my grandfather. And my other grandmother was a religious science practitioner, so I was getting it from both sides, both of the grandparents. I lived with with the grandmother who was the Christian science reader. And uh, and as I grew up, uh, I thought the whole whole family was crazy, (laughs) so... I, I searched elsewhere for my spiritual food, and it was none of it was satisfying because I was taught those principles from the time I was a tiny little girl. And so I, I, I found unity, and that's, that's what spoke to me at the time. Mm-hmm. What were, were some of the principles that you did later find that you valued, that you got growing up, that, um, that have to do with the, that power of prayer? Well, I can remember my my grandmother saying to me, you know the law. And when I was younger, I I thought, what law is she talking about? You know, the red light law or what? But, uh, you know, as I I grew older, I realized the law is putting God first always. And if I can remember God first in my life, I don't need to remember anything else because it, it all just falls into place when I am in alignment I feel grateful. I understand gratitude. I understand the law of giving and receiving. I understand all things because I have put God first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what um, does it mean? What's for you? What's the law of giving and receiving about? Oh, well, the giving and receiving is—it's a law. We we cannot receive if we don't give. It's like we can't receive fresh air into our lungs if we don't expel the the used air that's in there. And we can't uh, take more food in if we don't eliminate what is no longer necessary in our bodies. So it's just a, a universal law that we must give to open up the channels. And God has provided so many, many channels for us to receive. And I'm not talking just money, although... We know that's important, but to receive love, we have to give love. To receive health, we have to give our of ourselves and understand the laws of health. And so it's all a matter of giving out what it is that we're seeking. And for me, it's giving out all, all of the things, love, money, breath, health, joy, happiness, and then I get more back. Mm-hmm. Just try yeah. it. Walk down the street and smile and see how many smiles you get back. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like you, you part, participate in that circulation mm-hmm. of, of life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Um, I know from, you know, your own experience mm-hmm. as a drug and alcohol counselor that uh, you're certainly aware of how the disease of addiction is so much the opposite of all mm-hmm. that, you know, addiction and, and all the family part of it or you know, how families are affected and so forth, really shuts people down. So what would you say for people that are in recovery that are 
trying to work their recovery program, what how would prayer be a part for them? Well, I think, Anna, that there is a third step prayer in the tw- in the twelve step program. Mm-hmm. Um, my son-in-law is a, a recovery um, counselor and has a recovery house, and he. He he really relies on that third step prayer, and I believe that's surrendering. Mm-hmm. We offer ourselves to the oh Lord, and and I think that's the first thing that all of us, whether we're in recovery, working with recovering addicts, or whatever we're doing, I think we all need to learn surrender, surrendering to that higher power, whatever we want to call it, and allowing it, and and I mean allowing, allowing that higher power to work through us. And as we do that, we find that more things open up, more ideas, more awareness of, of that presence that's always with us. Mm-hmm. I know in Unity, you know, we talk a lot about affirmations mm-hmm. and and so forth. Could you tell us about those and then maybe sure. talk about this, how surrender fits in with that? Well, we have these affirmations that we use in, in Unity and you know, I'm looking at one right now. It's a healing affirmation. Vitality radiates through every cell of my body. And we don't say that to make it true. We say it because it is true. And the more we affirm it in our lives, the more our subconscious and conscious mind understands it and believes it. And as my conscious and subconscious mind accept those affirmations, then it starts working in my body. So some people think, oh, affirmations are just uh, magical thinking, and we put them on the dashboard, and we put them on the refrigerator, and we say them all day long, and then pretty soon something happens. Well, what happens is our consciousness changes. We learn to accept the truth of who we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're saying there. I know a lot of times uh, people think, and I, I certainly had to wrestle with this myself, that if I pray, then that means some circumstance is going to change. Mm-hmm. That, so tell us about that. Well, it, we don't change God. God is constant. God is love. God, God wants the highest and the best for us always. And we, no matter how many prayers we say, we don't change God because God is good all the time. What we do is change ourselves. As I pray, I, I become aware of that presence called God. I become aware of more, uh, more truth that I maybe didn't know about before. Or I become aware of, of where I have gone off track. And I'm able to come back and get more into alignment with the presence. And my life works better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The I know what uh, the phrase that enlarging our spiritual understanding is a is a phrase that comes from the book Alcoholics Anonymous, um, where it, it's talking about you know in the process of recovery that in the twelve step program, which so many programs are modeled on those same mm-hmm. twelve steps, it talks about that you know the job after initial entry um, into uh, recovery is to really enlarge our spiritual understanding and to increase our ability to live a spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So how would, um, in, in terms of what, you know, what you're saying about more of God and mm-hmm. opening up to that, 
could you tell us some more about that, about how that works? Or Well, um, Anna, I don't think there's any one way to pray. There's no one right way to get in contact with, with that higher power, with God. But I think whatever a person feels guided to do, I think the important thing is getting quiet so that we can listen. You know, our lives are so busy and so full, and my experience with addicts is they want to numb the the noise and numb the, the pain, and so they're using the drug to numb the pain. And if they can let go of that that drug and sit in the in the quiet and listen, the pain will eventually change to joy. But it takes some commitment. It takes, uh, you know, as one of my friends used to say, you gotta wanna. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I think that's the first thing: wanting to to change my life, wanting to have have a better experience than what I'm having right now. Mm-hmm. What? In the end, this, this this is one of those questions. There's not a real answer to, but <clears throat> what motivates people? I I know I have a a, a person that I enjoy talking to that uh, is a is a recovery counselor. That he talks about the idea of uh, do you want to feel better or do you want to recover? Mm-hmm. And and talk about that in terms of commitment. Well, you know, we have a a saying in unity: Do you want to be right or happy? And that's about the, about the same thing. You know, sometimes we will fight so hard for our point of view to prove that we're right, we make ourselves and everybody else miserable around us. And I think that's the truth with the, with the addict. Do, they, do you want to feel better temporarily? Because we know, you and I know, and, and most recovering addicts know that it may be a temporary fix, but then you need more and more and more, and pretty soon you're you're pretty miserable. And so feeling that discomfort uh, temporarily will bring us into recovery and feeling better. Mm-hmm. So what I what I try to to say to to those that are uh, in recovery, whether it's recovery from a chemical addiction or recovery in a spiritual sense. Yeah, there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some pain. But there's always someone that can grab your hand and say, I'm with you, I'll walk through the pain with you. And on the other side is the light, and the other side is the beauty. Thank you, Terry. It's time for our first break. Listeners, stay with us at Spirit of Recovery. Our topic is enlarging our spiritual understanding, prayer, and the creative process with my guest, Terry Lund. We'll be right back. Our goal at Unity Online Radio is to continue expanding our spiritual programming and growing our listening audience. To help us become an ever stronger voice in today's world, we ask for your support. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? 
Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. to Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Enlarging Our Spiritual Understanding, Prayer and the Creative Process. And my guest is Terry Lund, who's a Unity Minister and the former chair of the prayer department of Unity's Ministerial School. I invite you to join me for a moment right now in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax. Take a breath. And feel that peaceful presence that is God. Allow your mind to become quiet. Allow your heart to open. And hear that still, small voice that is the voice of your higher power. I allow my mind to become quiet, my heart to open, and I hear that still, small voice that is my higher power. Relax for just a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that was an opportunity for you to relax and to open up to that presence, to that power that is your higher power. And now I'm back with my guest, Terry Lund, and we're talking about the topic of prayer, enlarging our spiritual understanding, prayer and the creative process. So, Terry, before the break, we were, we were talking about how uh, when we engage in prayer and meditation um, in in whatever it is in our lives, whatever way it is that we are recovering our sense of self and our spiritual life and, and developing that, that sometimes it isn't always easy, but that there are people that can reach out and hold our hand. And sometimes that uh, really happens a lot when 
when we are wanting to create something in our lives, you know, um, that's a big part of our spirituality is, is that we want a higher quality life. That's a part of recovery. And, um, in the unity principles and that's understanding there is, uh, we talk about the creative process and it, it can raise up some things in us, but it's a wonderful process. And I know you're very familiar with it and, and use it in your life and have taught it. Could you talk to us about the creative process, what it is and how it works? Sure, Anna. Uh, you know, we all are creating our lives all the time, and we're under the misapprehension that what happens out in the, in the world affects us, and actually it's the other way around. We have created whatever it is. We've created the great life that we're living, or we've created that not-so-great life. But the good news is we can always recreate what we don't, what, what we want to change. So I think the most important part about the creative process is to always put God first. Ask God, how do I go about creating this life that I want? And the first step in the creative process is let there be light. And when I'm teaching, uh, I suggest that we meditate on let there be light on this subject, whatever it is, for a week. And then we get back together and talk. Did we have any insights? Did we have any awakenings? And, and usually we'll get an inspiration. It's, it's like the teachings of Wayne Dyer where he says, you know, inspiration and intention, setting your intention. And uh, it's not just Wayne Dyer that says that. It's many, many teachers, and I can't remember the one right now who was ancient that started all this. But that's how we create, is by setting our intention to have a better life, mm-hmm. to get out of the muck that we're, we have created and create some light and create some some joy in our lives. And if we take God as the partner... We can move forward with that um, imagination, setting the intention, and then we visualize, we see that new life. It's almost a let's pretend game, but it's not really a pretend because we are creating all the time. Mm-hmm. I love what you're saying about the first step is let there be light because one problem I think, I, I know I've experienced this and people I've worked with of experiences is it can be confusing when is it my sort of fear-based self that wants to get things lined up and has this idea of how it's got to be and I try to create that to my peril sometimes and when is it my inspiration from God Mm -hmm. do you ever do you ever find that how do you work with that uh yeah I have I have found that in my own personal prayer life and I've had Many, many people come to me and ask, how do I know, is this God or is this my own invention? And for me, and I can only speak for myself, but I think it works for a lot of other people too, uh, if, if I'm trying to push it, push the river or make something happen or, oh, wow, here's this wonderful inspiration and I jump off the cliff and try to make it happen, that's me. That's my little ego saying, you know, we can be in charge here. We can do it first. But if I ask, let there be light, and I'm quiet, 
and I wait a few days or a week or, or even two weeks, I will get that inner voice, and the inner voice is always quiet. It's that still, small voice that just nudges us in the right direction. It doesn't always, it's not always, um, or it's not, in my experience, um, pushing and and hurry up and get this done and it's got to happen today or anything like that. That's that's me doing it. But when mm-hmm. it's God, it just falls into place easily. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So when we get that sense of inspiration and hearing that, voice or hearing some some intimation of that you're saying that then we use our imagination and visualize so what are Mm -hmm. some ways that you do that or you teach that or how do you how do we visualize well we just imagine use our imagination that's the third step the second step is always affirming our faith in god and in the in the process or Mm -hmm. the higher power you know we call god a lot of different names it's all it's all the same, but many different names are used. But we affirm, we affirm our faith. I have faith in, in this process. I have faith in my higher power because I know that God is breathing me and living me and living you and everyone else. And I'm, I'm strong in that faith. And those that, that have just a little bit of faith, or they think they have just a little bit of faith, they have all the faith that, that they need. But sometimes it's where have I put my faith? Have I put my faith in in the in people's opinion of what I should do? Have I put my faith in what the economists say the the economy is? Have I put my faith in in the doctor? And not that we shouldn't use doctors, but our faith has to be first in God. Mm-hmm. And as we move forward in that, then we can start using the power of imagination, and it is a power. So we start imagining how our life will be when when we're through with the addiction or when we come out of this, uh, this this life that we're in, and just imagine what we want. You know, we can use this um, inappropriately, and I'll give you a story and incident, and I'll, I'll try to shorten it. But there was a woman one time who decided that she wa- she needed to be wealthy. And so she was imagining herself in a chaise lounge because that's how what wealthy people had. You mm-hmm. see, she's putting the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. She's saying, if I have a chaise lounge, I'll be wealthy. And so she imagined that and imagined it, and her husband knew how much she wanted one. And when he was at an auction, he spent the grocery money for that week on a chaise lounge in the auction. <laughs> so that's how we can misuse that power and hurt ourselves. Now, it wasn't wasn't mm-hmm. a whole lot of damage, but it, it wasn't a very comfortable week for them. Mm-hmm. 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 So how can we use it appropriately? You said imagination is a power. What do you yeah. mean? How is it a power? Well, you and I know that Charles Fillmore has identified 12 God-given powers. And if we... If we use the imagination or if we use the faith or use the, the other powers under the direction of our, our inner spirit, then it becomes a power. It becomes a, a real, live, working power in our lives. But as, you know, as I said about the woman, that was a power, but it was not to her benefit. It was to her detriment for a while. 
Right. And I, I've had experiences myself where I've visualized, I, I want, this was years ago, I want this house, I want this house, I want this house, and get the house, and then I have to work like the devil to keep it because it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. And so if I had listened to my inner guidance, I would have waited, said, yes, I would like to have that house, and let's put things in, in proper order. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the value of knowing that these are powers and also knowing that we start with let there be light and I have faith. And then we go to the creative imagination step. We can write it out. You know, I've, I've told young women looking for a relationship, write out what you want and write out what you don't want. And that's one of the, one of the powers of the creative imagination. But we also have to remember God first, the light, the spirit. Right. So we're making sure that it's really coming from that truer place, that whole place that's going to really bless our whole lives and not, um, not harm us somehow. Mm -hmm. Because, because we've, uh, like you said, you had to work so hard to keep the house. (laughs) It wasn't (laughs) worth it. <laughs> couldn't enjoy the house because I was working too hard. <laughs> That's right. You weren't there. You couldn't. Yeah. Be there. Yeah. So, what comes after imagination in this creative process? Well, after that comes the um, love and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, in Unity, we say that love is the female quality and wisdom is the male quality. And I have to qualify that and say that doesn't mean that women are not wise or. Men are not loving, but that's just the the quality, the name that we have given those two. Mm-hmm. So we, we unite the love and wisdom, and we meditate on those two qualities, and they are also our powers mm-hmm. in our lives. And bring together the love and the wisdom so that they can unite and bring forth another new creation for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't even have to know what we want. As a matter of fact, we're we're a whole lot better off, and I was much better off when I didn't know exactly what I wanted. I just put together the love and the wisdom, and my whole life changed, and it was beautiful. But could it you, was more than I could possibly have imagined. Would you share some some of us of that with us? How did how have you used this so that it might? Oh, well, I used the first time I used it. I was. I was in ministerial school, and uh, I was working with the third step, I think, and I got this. With your imagination? uh, Yeah, I was working with Mm -hmm. the imagination, and I I didn't know what I wanted. I was just, you know, imagining a a better place and a better life for myself. And I got, got the message that I should surrender everything that I had. Just give it all up. And so I thought, okay, I will. And my my classmate said, Terry, you're crazy. And I went, no, I, I know this is guidance. And, you know, that's how I know for me when I'm getting guidance, when it, it sounds crazy to the outside world, mm-hmm. then I know it's right. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so when I did, all sorts of wonderful happenings started happening in my life. I got opportunities to teach classes, opportunities to speak, opportunities to do seminars and and go other places to speak. So it, my, my whole life just opened up 
like a lotus blossom. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you really were, you were open and you were willing mm-hmm. to let that, let it all flood, flow in then. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I was at the, at the bottom when I was ready to surrender. <laughs> I was too stubborn to surrender before that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that, doesn't it? Or, or we just yeah. have to see that whatever it is, that whatever old ideas we've had, they have served their purpose and aren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that uh, in the recovery program, you say insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And we say that in unity also. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is insane to keep doing the same thing. Right. Yep. It doesn't. It's just going to keep producing what it's been producing. So, mm-hmm. talk about and that. In in fact, that's a part of obviously the creative process and a and a foundational unity principle is that thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. How does that work? Well, you know, in the Bible, Jesus says, uh, "Judge not, lest ye be judged." And if I'm holding a critical thought about someone or something, I can just bet that someone else is holding a critical thought about me and I'm going to hear about it one way or another. So I have to be careful of my thoughts. Now, that's thoughts held in mind. That's not a fleeting, why did she wear that? <laughs> but, you know, if I catch that and don't dwell on it, then it's it's gone. Mm-hmm. But if I hold a thought, whether it be a good thought, a, a thought of gratitude and a thought of, oh, how wonderfully blessed I am, I'll find more blessings and more and more and more in my life. But if I hold a critical thought, I will find more things to criticize and more things, more people criticizing me. And it's a miserable life when I'm holding those kind of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think of it as, as it's like if I'm dwelling, as, as, which land am I going to dwell in? In the land of criticism and and fear, mm-hmm. or am I going to dwell in the land of love? And yes. So yes. Sometimes I think of it like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's again, would you rather be happy or right? <laughs> Good point. Yep. Good point. It's all it, about our thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, whether whether we want to believe it or not, it's like, do you believe the law of gravity? It's still going to work whether you believe it or not. And everything in our life is what we have thought in the past. We have drawn all of this and created our life. And as I said earlier, the good news is we don't have to live with that forever. We can recreate it. Thank you, Terry. Hold that thought. It's time for a break. Listeners, stay with us. This is Spirit of Recovery, and we'll be right back. Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature. 
rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to the Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, um, our topic is enlarging our spiritual understanding, prayer, and the creative process. And my guest is Terry Lund. Terry is a Unity Minister. She's the former chair of the prayer department at Unity's Ministerial School. And um, she has lived and taught the power of prayer and metaphysical understanding and the creative process all of her life. And so um, Terry is also a former drug and alcohol counselor. And she is also a, a trainer of horses. And she has um, worked with horses and, and people in terms of equine therapy. So she brings a lot to us today. So, Terry, uh, before the break, we're talking about that creative process and about the idea that we do create the quality of our lives. And sometimes, you know, that can get, how we talk about that can get distorted. We can end up in magical thinking or metaphysical malpractice. Tell us the difference between a real understanding of the creative process and what can be a distorted and, frankly, sometimes a really hurtful way of seeing that. Well, the the, the uh, true creative process is taking God as our partner. And, uh, you know, I think we all know that story about Lord and Taylor, that this man named Taylor had a had a dry goods store and he was going broke and he didn't know what was what was wrong. And he would stay after every night and closing up the store and count the money and and worry. And he started to pray and he got the idea that he hadn't taken God as his partner. And then it became Lord and Taylor, and he became successful, not because of the name change, but because of the consciousness change, the understanding that God had to be his partner, and he took God as his partner. And I think when we're creating anything, whether it's a new life, a new business, um, whatever, that we have to remember our higher power is guiding us, 
we are the co-pilots, not the pilots. And, mm-hmm. and we just allow that. And, and you know, I, I say also that God doesn't do anything. God just supports us. But we have to remember that God's there. God's guiding us and supporting us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So magical thinking, uh, you asked about that. I think magical thinking is when we think, if I just say this affirmation 25 times, three times a day, it'll make something happen. Or if I just step on the the cracks on the sidewalk 17 times, then maybe something will happen. I remember when I was uh, at on the faculty at Unity and the students were graduating and they were applying in different places, and one student came in to, to my office and said, I know I'm going to Illinois. I know I'm going to Illinois. I saw three Illinois license plates. Mm-hmm. That's magical thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works, but not very often. Right. Yeah. Um, what about when people, you know, do where they are experiencing a really hard time, and sometimes they can beat themselves up and say, well, you know, did I cause this or whatever? Or, oh, yeah. How that's do you address that? malpractice. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, you, we can only create our own lives. We can't create for someone else. And if I say, well, I caused it, I have to take responsibility that I caused that in my life. And what am I going to do about it? It doesn't matter, you know, what I did. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear people saying, oh, what did I do to cause this? Well, that's metaphysical malpractice. It doesn't matter what we did. What matters is what am I going to do with it? Where is okay. the gift? I always say to, to people when they're having a difficult time, where is the gift in this? Sit quietly and open your hands and ask God, give me my gift in this situation. And I had a wonderful experience when I did that with a woman in in one of my other churches. And uh, she had wanted so badly to go and study with someone on the East Coast, and she just didn't have any money. But then she had a, a situation in her marriage where they were splitting up, and I said, just ask for the gift. There's a gift in this. And she found that someone who, who she knew wanted to give her a gift, and she made the gift of sending her to study with this man on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Now, there's always a gift, but we have to be open to it. You know, sometimes it's right there, and it's like the little kid screaming for a piece of gum when there's a whole package on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we need to be open to to the gifts and not try to. And I think metaphysical malpractice and magical thinking are, are pretty closely related. It's like trying to make something happen when something much better is about to happen. If we'll just relax and let it. Right. And you know what? When you're talking, what I'm really hearing is. Uh, these aren't your words, but we we have to be in relationship somehow yeah. with spirit. We're not just out here by ourselves, nor is God just off somewhere, you know, as some big person kind of mm-hmm. doing this, that, and the other thing. Somehow we've got to be in relationship. Yes, yes. And I usually use the term in alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear the term, with God all things are possible. Well, that doesn't mean that I can decide what I want and make God get on my side. What it means is when I am with God and in alignment with spirit, 
then everything is possible. Things that I didn't even know that I wanted show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in relationship, in alignment, uh, just knowing that that spirit is always with us and always guiding us. Everywhere, equally present and active. Mm-hmm. So when we use this and work with this creative process, um, probably this isn't just to snap your fingers and two days it's done. Mm-hmm. How how do you how does how do you grow with it? How do you work with it in, in your life? It depends, Anna. Some sometimes it it is like snap my fingers and it's done, mm-hmm. and other times it, it is a, a matter of growth, a matter of sitting with it and listening and understanding and being, as some people say, in the question rather than trying to make the answer happen. But I remember one time when I was when I needed tuition for college and I didn't have it, and I was sitting in the in my living room and I snapped my fingers and put out my hand and I said, "God, I need six hundred dollars," and I got a check in the mail the next day for six hundred dollars. That's good. <laughs> it doesn't always happen that easily, but I guess I was just in that space of being in alignment having the faith, having the awareness that it was it was already there for me and claimed it. Mm-hmm. That's good. So what can a person do on a daily basis? Um, again, we know in the, in the 12-step program, the 11th step is about uh, daily prayer and meditation. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? As you were, we said early on in the program today, people get busy and we think, oh, I don't have time to pray. I don't know. How do, what's a daily, what's a way? And again, well, no- I think you don't have time not to pray. Uh-huh. And, you know, sometimes uh, it'll be a fleeting, a quick, my husband and I will sit down and we read 24 hours and then we read uh, the daily word. And other times if, if we're in a big hurry, if something's happening or we get up late, which sometimes happens, we just take a moment and hold hands and give thanks and say, you know, this is God's day and we're here to serve. And it makes my my day much easier, much much smoother. If I don't take time to pray, which has been a long time since I haven't done that, but in the past, I would find that my you know I just felt all all off balance all day long. So I would encourage anyone who is in recovery or otherwise find a spiritual practice. It doesn't have to be daily word. It doesn't have to be. Uh, anything other than a spiritual practice for you that makes you feel good and do it every day and every night. Mm-hmm. Could could you give us some ideas of different kinds of things that people might do? And again, there's an endless variety, but... Sure. Um, you know, one of the things that I love to do is go out with my horses. And, you know, I, that's a spiritual experience for me to go out there and just put my hands on them. And if you have a dog or a cat or any anything that is alive, just you know, put your hand on it and hold it. That that can be a spiritual practice as long as you're recognizing that that life that is in that animal is that life that's in you, that higher power that we talk about. Or taking a walk in the desert or a walk in the mountains and enjoying the rain. All of those things can 
be a spiritual practice. Now, I'm not saying they always are, but reading the Bible isn't always a spiritual practice. It's up up to the individual to make it sacred. You know, you could set a little altar on your bookshelf or on your on your uh, night table or whatever, and and have your prayer there, or singing a song, doing a dance, any any one of those. As long as we designate that as my spiritual practice, it can get our day started off right. Mm-hmm. And what what I'm getting from what you're saying is that it's about not so much specifically about the activity, it's about what we're bringing to it. That's exactly right, Anna. I couldn't have said it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what would be, uh, we've got a few minutes left here, what would be some of uh, your words of wisdom, your final words of wisdom that you would share with us today about uh, that power of prayer and conscious contact with higher power? I'm not, not sure they're words of wisdom, but, you know, it's my my aim, my goal to help everyone understand that they are one with that higher power, that God is breathing them and living as them, whether it, we call it God, Allah, or um, Sam, <laughs> or Harold. <laughs> and we just need to understand that we we are one with that spirit, and we're one with each other, every one of us. And as we get to understand that, there will be no more arguing and fighting and things because what I do to someone else, I do to myself. So that that's that's my goal to help everyone understand that they there's no competition, there's no need to fight and argue because we are all one, mm-hmm. and hold, holding that love in our hearts for all other people is the important thing. Right. Yeah, it takes away the fear. Yeah. It takes, yeah, what is there to be afraid of? What is there to fuss over? Yeah, that's for sure. That's true. So, Terry, thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, thank and, you, Anna. It has been a joy and a pleasure and an honor. I really have enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. Thank you for being here with us today on The Spirit of Recovery. I'm glad that you're listening with us, and I know that you are blessed and are taking with you lots of love and good today. So, um, again, thank you to my guest, Terry Lund. Our topic on Spirit of Recovery today is enlarging our spiritual understanding, prayer, and the creative process, and I know that um, all of you will take that that wisdom with you, and uh, have a blessed week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. What if 
you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant. Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says, we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement. 
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.